This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's show. A uh, little bit different. We're kind of hitting a slow spot in the NHL calendar. Um, my life has been crazy this week. I will just say that as someone who uh, I think everyone's kind of felt the crazy this week, regardless of um, political leanings. Obviously, something as high stress and everywhere as an election and all the stuff going around that is going to create some stress uh, and just just make it crazy what it is. Okay. Starting off this week, uh, for those who have been watching recently, you know I'm uh, really picking up on this beer of the week thing. This week, a bit of a change of pace. It's a soda because so I saw it uh, at a local candy store here. It's awesome. I've, well, I've never, I haven't tried it yet. Genuine Hanks Pumpkin Spice Soda. I don't know how I feel about this. I am not a pumpkin spice person uh, for the most part. I like pumpkin pie. Uh, I like pumpkin roll, but once you get past that, I'm not a big pumpkin fan. Um, so we're going to try this bad boy out, see how this goes. There we go. Oh, you are getting that pumpkin spice smell. Oh, boy. All right. Let's see what kind of color we got to this thing. It almost looks like beer, except the head is very orange. Oh, boy, is that orange. Um, I don't know if it's translating as well in the video that you guys are seeing, but that looks very orange to me. Pumpkin spice soda. Oh, that is that is very pumpkin spicy. I have to let that one sit because that is not enjoyable. Uh, that is that is not great. Me... Uh, I am not a fan. I will say that right now. Um, again, I'm not a pumpkin spice guy. I mean, pumpkin spice. For those of you who aren't really aware of it. Um, what they put in this thing? Filtered carbonated soda, cane sugar, pumpkin juice concentrate, citric acid, sodium benzenate, caramel color, gum America, gum Akea, yellow number six. Always good. Natural and artificial flavors. That sounds a lot artificial to me. Um, I, that is not great. That would be my initial <laughs> review of it. Just... Not what I would go with. Not my my uh, not my bag there. That's for sure. Ooh. yeah, just not particularly a fan of it. Anyway, getting into the blue jacket stuff of the week. For those of you who don't know, pumpkin spice kind of stuff. It, it's not most of the time, to my knowledge, doesn't have a whole lot of pumpkin in it. It's all that stuff of uh, essentially all that good stuff they put to make a pumpkin pie. The way the way it tastes it does. I mean, nutmeg and cinnamon and all that good stuff. And when you add it something like coffee or something or some kind of cake, I mean, it's not too bad, but. I'm not a huge fan myself. Anyway, jumping into some hockey stuff this week. Um, Not a whole lot of stories coming out, but we've got a couple of things that were big. Um, One of the big 
signings that we were waiting on has now happened. Uh, the Blue Jackets signed Vladislav Gavrikov uh, to a three-year extension. Uh, he's he's it's good. It's a good deal. The Blue Jackets needed this. They wanted him on board. Uh, obviously, this is how it was going to go at at some point in the process there that he was going to be signed on. It's a, a three-year deal. Uh, averages two point eight against the cap each year, which is good. I think it's a really good. I mean, they, to get somebody who's going to be your top in your top four for that is really good. And him paired with David Savard is a great shutdown pair. Um, that third year, it almost seemed like the Blue Jackets were setting up the whole roster <laughs> so that they wouldn't. They like in like in two years they could just rehaul the whole thing if they wanted to. But with that third year there. Uh, just gives them a little extra stability on it. My guess is there was kind of a thing between team and player that there's an expectation he will play better than that contract. He will very, I think very quickly that will become uh, what's called a, a value contract there. So that's my view on it. Um, it's a good signing for the Blue Jackets. I think it was the right move to make there. I mean, looking at their salary cap situation now, um, I mean, it's when you're looking at their defensemen, it is a situation where you're looking at <clears throat> you've got uh, Zach Wierenski and uh, Seth Jones are both signed for two more years. David Savard has just got this year. Now we've got Gavrikov for three, Kukin for two, Harrington for two, Carlson for two. Now, to keep that some of that perspective, both Warinsky and Carlson are going to be RFAs um, at the end of those deals. So you're going to have team control on both of those players. Warinsky, you got to imagine they're going to sign him to some big long deal. Um, then Andrew Peak, um, he has got one year left, but then his next after that one year, he's got another kind of RFA deal. Uh, and then obviously they drafted some guys this year, so so that was a good a good sign. Uh, so they I mean they're they're still pretty well set at that position for the time being there. So I think they're in good shape there as far as the defense goes for the time being. Uh, so real quick guys, uh, we're gonna hear from a quick friend here of, of ours here at the Hockey Podcast Network, and then we'll be right back with more of the show. Some enforcer based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice Podcast wherever you find your podcast, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. Yeah, he would uh, have to be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I, it's not bad. You know, this enforcer based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from. All right. Now, jumping into our next big story of the night, um, 
Gus Nyquist is out five to six months after a shoulder surgery. That's a big deal. Um, Nyquist, he was the big kind of RF free agent signing they had last season. Had a decent year um, for the Blue Jackets. Apparently what had happened was it was something that had been nagging him, something they thought they could try and fix with just regular, you know, regular. Um, there's a word jumping out of my head here and I can't remember it. You know what it is, and they just try and work it out, and you do exercising and just normal rehab, that sort of stuff, and just didn't work out there for him. Again, trying the pumpkin, it's grown on me a little bit. Like, it's kind of sweet in a way. I don't know if I'd want to drink this whole glass of it, but it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, um, so, I mean, even if the league starts in January there's still a good chance Nyquist is missing three to four months. And that's a big chunk of time. If you're the blue jackets to think you're going to be without this winger that you really want for three to six months. Now the question, as soon as this was reported immediately, uh, a lot of people were doing the whole, Hey, let's go get Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman's still out there. Um, Let's see who's still available. I don't know if I like that move. Um, there's the thing about the blue jackets for years, we've been saying this is one of the youngest teams in hockey and that we needed to let them grow up a little bit. Now's the time to do that. Instead of going out and signing somebody, let's go use the guys we've got on this team already. Cause as of right now, looking at daily face off, they have got Gus Nyquist, positioned as our second uh, left winger, second line left winger. And and that would be fine. They've, the way they've got the line set up is Nyquist, Domi, Atkinson, which would be a fine line. But in my mind, I, I think you maybe put Liam Foodie on that second line and see how that goes. Because that kid has some talent. That kid can play. That kid is fast. I mean, that's the big thing about him for me. He Excuse me, that soda's getting to me here. Um, he's a quick player, and and he shoots left. I mean, it just makes sense to me to put Foodie on that left wing from Domi and then across from Atkinson because you got Domi, who's a bit of a veteran. He's been around. He's been proven as far as being able to have scoring ability. Domi's the same, or uh, Atkinson is the exact same way where he's got ability. He's good. He's shown in the past. Now, this year wasn't a great year for him. But he's shown a lot of ability there. And, and just throwing this out there, if anybody's watching the show on Facebook or anything else, if you uh, put in the comments on the original show post, if you want to chat with me here on the show, we can put your comments up and, and have little conversations back and forth and that sort of thing. Um, but getting back to the uh, the word on hand here, I, I think you put Foodie with Domi and with Atkinson because you're adding another element because Domi's quick, Foodie's quick. Atkinson can be very quick. I mean, so you, you have a fast line there. You have a line where any one of those guys is dangerous. All of a sudden, if you're talking about a first line of Texier, Dubois, Bjorkstrand, and then a second line of Foodie, Domi, Atkinson, I think that could be really good. I think that could be really dangerous. Um, third line of, of Felino, Koivu, Jenner, solid, really solid. Fourth line. At that point, Nash, Grigorenko. I'm not quite sure who else I'd uh, who else would be on the 
now that you're missing Gus, I'm not quite sure who else we'd throw out there with them. And you could do Eric Robinson out there with them. I mean, that, that would be interesting. I mean, I, I'm, it is just put these young guys out there and let them be the team at this point. Cause when you look at this team long-term, we had this discussion about how few guys are signed past two years. I think there might be a plan from Yarmo that there's going to be a lot of turnover on this team after two years. And I wouldn't mind that at all. I, I just, as long as you're hanging on to the right guys, it's fine. Like I could totally see in, in three years from now, like, like, you know, we have this season, we have next season, the season after that, obviously Dubinsky will be gone. Um, I could see Felino being gone. Um, I wonder if Felino is going to have some kind of like, maybe he'll just be doing one year deals on the way out or something. I don't know. I could see Boone Jenner being gone. Um, Miku Kovu is only a one year deal. So there's no way he'll still be here. Um, but I, I can totally see a lot of these guys being gone and the blue jackets doing what they can to get a lot of those Russian guys over here. Um, because two years is kind of the right time frame for a lot of those Russian players, for the Vronkov and the uh, Kirill Marchenko, and uh, and obviously Chinikov at this point. Who Chinikov? First of all, answering my original question, I don't think you got to sign anybody for Gus. I think you let that work from within. Now, if somebody's in salary cap trouble and you can make a deal and you can take advantage of their their problems do it. That would be always, that's always cool. That's always a good way to go. But I, I wouldn't make any changes as far as roster to just fill the Gus Nyquist hole. I would let, I would just use who you have. But I mean, to be clear, I'm very interested now by the Chinikov situation. Um, for those of you who aren't aware and aren't keeping up with this, Chinikov is... It, I mean, he's doing almost, he's got to be better than a point per game at this point. Um, going to riff a little bit here while I get some stats about what's going on. Hopefully in a stat, hopefully in a way that I can read them. Um, uh, good. They've got an English site there, but uh, oh, where'd we go? Goalkeepers, defensemen, forwards. That's like their career stuff. What is going on there? That's crazy. This, 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 this. Okay, if you ever go to the KHL's page to pull up their stats, it is a weird place to be because by default, it seems to pull up every year a player played, which is just bizarre to me. I don't know why you would do it that way. I do not know. All right. So Chinikov, he is 19. Um, well, let's find this guy. I'm having... You go Chinikov. There we go. All right. Okay. So, so far this year... He has got in 17 games played six goals, seven assists, 13 points. Um, nope, that's wrong. In 20 games played seven goals, six assists, 13 points. There, there we go. Um, the big thing being, he is 
a young player. He's 19. He is showing some incredible skill. At the beginning of this season, his uh, league showed him, or his his team over there, um, showed him a uh, uh, an option where, or, or tried to give him a contract where he could essentially sign a three year deal. I don't believe that deal was going to have an NHL out clause. I think what happened was his team thought no NHL team was going to take him in the draft and they were going to be able to hang on to him. Once the Blue Jags took him with a first round pick, all of a sudden his team went, oh no, we want to hang on to this kid. He's good. We want to try and, you know, try and get some winning done while we still have him. Let's see if we can get him to a three-year deal quick. He turned it down. My guess is at this point, the only kind of deal he's going to sign if they offer him one is one with an NHL out clause, meaning if an NHL team offers him a contract, then he's allowed out of his KHL deal. And his agent has now said, let's see what happens after the, the KHL season is over. I fully could see a situation where the KHL season ends in, you know, his team ends in April or March or something. The Blue Jackets season is maybe halfway in and he comes over. I, I'm starting to wonder that because he's he's looking really good. I think the Blue Jackets drafted him in the first round for a reason. Now, the Blue Jackets have shown that one thing they don't seem to care about the way other league, other teams do is this whole idea of the pick being a value pick. Um, and I mean, to be fair, there's a little bit of reading tea leaves when you do that anyway. And what I mean by a pick being a value pick is if a player is by, cause by your scouting and your information, you try and get a good idea of where other teams think players are, um, where other teams might take them. Like Chinikov, there were people saying, Oh, well you could have drafted him in the fourth or fifth round. If you were caring about making sure you got the best value out of every pick, if you're the Blue Jackets, you don't take Genikov in the first round. You take someone who's closer to being a consensus first-round pick, and then you try and take Genikov later. Blue Jackets don't seem to care about that. The Blue Jackets seem to think, you know what? Forget you. Uh, we're just going to take who we want, and that way we've got our player. Because, I mean, there's an argument to be made that that back during the Pierre-Luc Dubois draft, you know, maybe they could have tried to make a deal with Edmonton. And I heard there might've been something in the works, but they just couldn't come across on a, on terms. Um, but Hey, you know, that's what the blue Jacks do. So it's not a surprise, but if Chinikov comes over this year, I mean, he wouldn't be the first overlooked Russian to come to the NHL. And especially if he's good, that could be, that could be amazing for the blue jackets. Um, I mean, he's the kind of player exactly the blue jackets need. If the type of play he does in Russia, he can keep up here, which is a winger with an incredible shot. Um, it would actually be quite ironic in my mind because so many people this year uh, expended a lot of energy on Twitter and, and different places arguing why the Blue Jackets should dra- should uh, trade for Patrick Line. And I'm not saying Chinikov's Line, but so far of his game, that's what I know. He's a great shot. He can create. Um, so I'm not saying he's going to score 40 goals in a season like Line has, but maybe they just drafted a guy who's going to be there sniper on the wing at some point so we'll see how that goes um but yeah that's that's where i think we're at with with those teams which is with that with those guys over in russia the plan may be that they're going to be over here sooner than everybody thinks kind of kind of uh being the the mantle holders for the blue jackets all right so i got a quick word from our friends with uh cool hockey and i'll be right back here folks we just finished a really exciting season of hockey here in columbus and the future is bright with all these Awesome young players, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Alexander Texier, Liam Foody, Elvis Merce-Lincolns. But now you've got a new problem. How do you get jerseys for these guys? Well, we've got you hooked up. CoolHockey.com slash THPN. 
And since CoolHockey.com doesn't outsource jerseys for customization like competitors, they're able to offer the best deals, best quality, and pricing and time on your delivery. So remember, when you need a new jersey, CoolHockey.com slash THPN for our exclusive discount there. Remember to use the discount code THPN, CoolHockey.com slash THPN. All right. Uh, so as more I've been drinking to the pumpkin spice soda, it's kind of growing on me. Now, maybe now it's it's just kind of getting that sweetness across. So it feels like a like a strange Dr. Pepper. And that's got that that nice amber color to it. It's just pretty good. Anyway, uh, last thing I wanted to discuss this week. What I thought was a cool article on The Athletic uh, from one Dom Lechuzhin. And it was a uh, it was about the. Uh, by the numbers grading every NHL team's contract efficiency in 2020. And and this is an interesting way we talk about GMs, because a lot of times we talk about GMs and we talk about the trades, or we talk about who they draft, or we talk about what free agents they go out and get, but a lot of times there isn't a discussion of, okay, so the money we had, what did we do with it? How did we do things? And what LaFusion does here is um, he uses a lot of, it's pretty much advanced statistics, lines it up with the amount of money a player makes, uh, so essentially comparing players to the league average as far as performance and then comparing what is a league average contract and getting an idea of value on those contracts. And what I want to bring up specifically, because I'm not going to show you the whole article because I know they're a pay site, so I don't want to do that to them because never fun. I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want somebody to give away for free what I worked hard and was trying to sell. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching the video versions of the show, you're seeing this diagram, but I'll obviously go over it for our audio friends who just still downloaded the podcast and all that. The Blue Jacks were ranked fourth uh, in the league. At least I think it was fourth. Was I? Yeah, fourth in the league in this contract value. And the reason he says it is that none of these deals are negative value. Now, if you're looking at this list, you're like, hey, there's some players missing. Uh, he didn't include entry-level contracts because in his mind that kind of skews it because everybody gets the same entry-level contact. Essentially, there's not there's not a whole lot other than like working on bonuses and all that. There's not a lot of variety in those. But anyway, uh, when you're looking at these deals, he's got Oliver Bjorkstrand at an A-minus a deal, making his $2.5 million. That Bjorkstrand deal, that's coming up. That's going to be something I've got to worry about because Bjorkstrand feels like a player you want here for a long time. One second, we're doing a quick aside. Well, I'm looking at that because the Alexander or er, Oliver Bjorkstrand is going to be a it's going to be an RFA. Awesome! So we're going to be able to lock off uh, lock up Bjorkstrand for a long time if we want to there, which I would be stunned if we do not. Anyway, going back to the contracts here, he's got Eric Robinson at a B minus contract, um, Domi at a B minus. Essentially, for the whole team, he's got them at a B plus because there's essentially no con no bad contracts. The Blue Jackets have. 2.65 essentially they pay 2.65 million dollars per win which is how he he evaluates these um i mean giving you a sense the number one team on the list the boston bruins pay 2.6 um and so that's that's a big part of it there and far of as far as how that goes so the blue jacks are doing a really good job with their with how you're almost setting them up to be a team that spends efficiently, that uh, isn't getting into bad deals, which right now we definitely know they're not doing because we don't have any long deals other than Cam Atkinson. There isn't a long deal on this team and the Cam Atkinson deal. 
Uh, he's got rated as a C plus deal. Um, surplus value uh, to an extent work. His view, if you're looking at this here, is that for the next two years, Cam Atkinson's deal, the Blue Jacks will still be getting better than um, a- at least up to the value of what they should for his $5.9 million. They're saying the final three years of that, they won't. Now, that's possible. Now, hopefully by then, the salary cap's going up a little bit. But who knows? With, with the crazy COVID world, who knows how that'll happen. But it, it's interesting to see that in that evaluation, the Blue Jackets are doing doing a good job. Uh, so that'll, that's happening. What I'm really interested in is I think this week or, or soon is when he's coming out with his rankings of uh, how fans feel about their team. Because I'm really interested to see how the Blue Jackets move because I think there's starting to be this building feeling in the fan base, which I totally understand, of not trusting the team when it comes to re-signing our own guys. And, and I mean, there's good reason for that. We didn't keep Panarin when we wanted to. We had issues with Josh Anderson. So that, and, and now we've got this long dragging out thing with Pierre-Luc Dubois. So we'll see where that goes. Um, hopefully we get Dubois into a long-term deal or something where maybe it's just like another one-year or two-year bridge deal, which I'd be fine with because then we have another uh, RFA negotiation after that where we can sign him long-term. But either way there. Um, I'm interested to see where this goes. Also, something I didn't add into my, my show notes for it, but wanted to discuss real quick. The NBA looks like they are heading for starting by Christmas Day. And I've seen a lot of people say, okay, NHL, your move. This is to be expected for two reasons, that the NBA would probably move first. One, the NBA has a hard day where they are a huge TV draw for the networks they're on, which is Christmas. There's a big push for them to be on by Christmas. Here's the other part of it. The NBA, even though they really want a lot of gate revenue because you make a ton of money there, they're not as reliant on it as the NHL. So don't expect the NHL to jump just because the NBA jumped. It's The NHL is going to be so tied to when people can get in the stands. Now, maybe it's going to be something where they can work backwards. Uh, as we discussed on the show before, the idea of once a vaccine's approved, if they start counting backwards from when you know everyone's going to have it, and if the NHL goes, well, we can stand a third of our season or half of our season without really any fans in the stands, then maybe that's when they start. So the second half of the season has fans in the stands. I don't know. But that's what I would expect out of the the NHL when it comes to making these decisions on when they're going to start playing again. So that's what you should be looking for. And right now, regrettably as it is in the case in the United States and, and in a lot of parts of the world at this point, but I mean, the United States is just setting the bar way up here. Um, with the amount of cases, the amount of deaths we're getting now. The same, I mean, just personal view, guys. I view myself as a somewhat lit- media literate person. I read newsletters on how the media works. I read newsletters on stories that are happening or on what type of new news shows people are putting together, all sorts of this stuff. And so you also see the way some people read media incorrectly. When you're looking at COVID data, Cases, when cases go up, cases are, eh, cases can be, it may be something where someone found out that someone they knew had it. So now they go get tested and they go and they just stay in their homes and everything's fine. So cases, whereas it's an important indicator for how much it's spreading, isn't, is, is in other ways, it's not as important. The hospitalizations number is what you need to watch. And when you watch that number, you have to keep an eye on, okay, when you see it, if you see that thing go up, 
when you're watching the the the, the graphs don't then look at the deaths graph and be like, oh, but it's not going up yet. It's all of these steps are about a week to two weeks removed from each other. When cases go up, about two weeks later, you'll see hospitalizations go up. Then about another week, two weeks after that, then you'll see the death count starting to go up. Now, the great news is, I got something in my mouth here. The great news is people are surviving this much more than they were when we first found out what it was back in April and, and March because doctors know a lot more about what they're doing and they understand the virus more. They understand how it works more. They understand simple things they can do more to fix it. I mean, I remember how it was just an interesting story to me that they said, Hey, if someone lays in their front, apparently that helps, which is strange to me, but Hey, I'm not a doctor. I just am trying to understand all this stuff as it comes in. But what I would say, if you are someone who thinks you might have it, or if you just take precautions out there, guys, just wear masks. Just if you can't eat outdoors at a restaurant, get it to go and get it, go to a park, eat in a, eat in a park or something. Be smart. Try and avoid crowds as best you can. When you have to be around a crowd, be careful. Use hand sanitizer, masks, all that stuff. Cause we need cases to go down. We need hospitalizations to plummet. Cause here's the thing. What are we saying about when hockey will start? It'll start when fans can be in the stands. Today, Ohio set another record for COVID cases at 4,500. Do you think they are going to let fans into Nationwide Arena while that's the case? It ain't going to happen. So we've got to get these case numbers down. (laughs) If we want anything back that we like, we've got to get that number down. All right. Sorry to stop on that kind of that weird note there, but I just had that on my chest. Wanted to get it out there, but thank you all for listening and go jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at jackets debrief. And thank you for listening.